home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. Chuck Moore speaks Monday through Friday, 10 till noon, Eastern Standard Time, here at the USA Radio Network. Welcome to the program. You're welcome to join us. 844 439 1391. 844-439-1391. My guest this segment is uh, David Dunning. He's a professor of psychology at uh, Cornell University. David, thanks for joining me this afternoon. My pleasure. David, you're the author of the uh, Dunning-Kruger Effect, which is described as a cognitive basis where an unskilled individual suffer from illusory superiority, mistakenly rating their ability much higher than is accurate. Uh, give us a thumbnail with regard to the uh, methodology and the um, the meaning of the Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh, sure. These were uh, studies I did originally with uh, Justin Kruger uh, of the uh, Dunning-Kruger effect, and uh, essentially what we what we did is we gave our subjects a number of tests, like in logical reasoning or grammar, uh, sense of humor, um, and so forth. And basically just compared how well they thought they'd done uh, relative to how well they'd actually done to see how much of a relationship there was. And not to our surprise, there wasn't that much of a relationship between what people thought about themselves and their their actual performance. Uh, But what was striking was just how much the people at the bottom, uh, people uh, who were poor performers, um, had no insight into how bad their performance uh, was. And uh, they were almost as confident as people at the top. And we and, and other people have since uh, shown these uh, same sorts of findings in things like uh, being able to handle firearms or knowledge of sexually transmitted diseases or actual performance in chess tournaments or in debate tournaments, for example. So it appears that, that for lack of a better term, the incompetent just don't know how incompetent they are. It seems to me that uh, what you're measuring here or what you're attempting to measure is ability. And uh, I would imagine that that's appropriate if one is being tested for a particular skill that one has focused on. Like, let's say you're a neuroscientist or you're a a brain surgeon. You know, if you want to test someone's ability in that area, 
that can be done very specifically or more, I suppose, in the blue-collar sense if you're a plumber or, you know, whatever it is that you do, you've got, you have to have a specific skill set that you can be measured on. But I think what you've done, from what I understand, is you've expanded the definition of ability to to include things like uh, politics and uh, it's kind of more subjective areas where, I mean, I can't get my mind around how you can measure someone's ability in those areas, and even if you could, why it's relevant. Well, actually, we've got a, a number of things, and often, in, in fact, the way we started out is we exactly tested people on specific skills that they were familiar with. We were, we were trying to play as fair as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, measure uh, people's perceptions of how well they were doing in areas that uh, they were fully familiar with. And other, other people have done similar things like testing lab techs in medical labs and how much they know their job, and they get the same sort of finding. Or um, medical students at the end of medical school pa- uh, having to take their board exams, and there's very little relationship between how well people or, or the, uh, the doctors think they're doing on uh, the board exams uh, relative to how well they are actually doing, but you know, but mm-hmm. you know, ability, as you mentioned, is a flexible term, and uh, so what you want to do is you want to take a look at a lot of different areas where people have impressions of themselves. They may think they're uh, politically informed. Uh, they may think they're informed about sports. Uh, they may think they're good at chess, and so there, there are a lot of different, if you will, abilities or perhaps another, a better word is expertise, uh, that depend on a lot of different things, uh, but that you can, uh, you can, you can measure them. Uh, I mean, you can basically ask people a number of, uh, for example, factual questions uh, where you know there's a right answer and you know with certainty that there's a right answer and see if people think they're giving you that answer versus are they really giving you that answer. So uh, we've done this in any number of ways. Um, but we always try to look at places where people should have a fair shot uh, in, uh, of knowing how well they're doing. In fact, it's still often a surprise to us how how little people know how well or how poorly they're doing because they really should have life experiences. That, that's already taught them. Right, right. And I suppose it's, as I've said, relevant when you're talking about someone who's trying to to, uh, to pass a law, you know, to get on a, on, on a um, you know, to pass the law exam and to get become a member of the um, – of the bar, or someone who is, uh, you know, getting a medical degree, but um, you know, in which case they're tested on their knowledge, and they might think that they know more than they actually know, which comes out in a test. But the issue I have here is that uh, I don't think it's possible to test someone's ability in an area, for example, of political leadership, because I'm not sure that it's relevant whether or not they they pass a test. You know, it, it's kind of missing a bigger picture here. And, oh yes, uh, I, I know that you've, you know, you've done this. You you've talked about this on on, on some other programs. And uh, to my way of thinking, it's not it's you know it's important, but it's not all that relevant. Whether a someone who is in a, a position of, of power has ability per se, uh, I, I don't know if you you understand what I'm getting at here. Oh yeah, but you're talking about someone else's research, not mine, uh, which, which I've commented on. The um, uh, but one can, for example, uh, take a look at uh, uh, in, in in the realm of politics. One can take a look at uh, what people know um, versus what might be true versus not true, 
and what people are confident in versus what perhaps they should be more confident about. Not in terms of uh, the person they're judging, um, but um, uh, rather other uh, facts or pieces of information that might be relevant. That is, this isn't work that um, uh, we've done, but other people have done. And what they've shown is that in the realm of uh, politics, well, we all vote. So our knowledge of candidates and their positions, our knowledge of, let's say, facts on the ground in terms of what's going on in the country does matter because it does inform our vote. But uh, one uh, uh, person, political scientist, did do a study showing that there were enough errors in what people thought they knew that if they actually knew the truth, they'd actually he could estimate, and this is an estimation, he could estimate that uh, 10% of people would switch their votes, which is sort of a massive percentage when you're thinking about elections that are typically decided by less than 10%. So, so there are things that that uh, that I think it is fair to measure, and because we are talking about uh, skills or area of expertise that we're called upon to. Uh, act upon, and voting is certainly one of them, so so knowledge of, let's say, the facts on the ground and what uh, candidates stand for, I think, is is fair game in that respect. Well, I mean, the reason I thought that you might have done the research is because I I listened to an interview you you did with an English uh, talk show host, Galloway. Oh, that was an unusual interview, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and you mentioned that the American politician is – is slightly above average, where he he kind of came and said that they're all dumb. I mean, you you didn't you said you'd prefer saying uh, just you know unabled, uh, and and I guess that my issue with it is that um, y- you know it's 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 yes we want to have people competent, we want to have people who are not lying, and we hope that one of the reasons we have a free media is so that those things can be winnowed out for the uh, for the voters to decide. But but the more relevant aspect, which is sort of left out of an equation when one is judging someone's uh, ability quotient, and which is, I think is much more important, is what is their political philosophy? What is their ideology? What is their morality? What are their standards of ethics? You know, I mean, these things, I mean, you could have someone who's extremely able, who is in a position of influence. I mean, I think of somebody like Adolf Hitler, for example, or or Vladimir Lenin, or or Mao, you know, and yet, you know, that's not the, the. I mean, in a sense, they're they're using their extreme ability in a, in an evil way, you know. We, we we're I'm more interested in what what someone stands for ideologically, which can't be necessarily judged quantitatively. It's more a matter of uh, of bringing something out for a public debate. Uh, yes. Um... Uh, but uh, getting back to uh, 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 what I mentioned uh, earlier, even a person's ideology has to intersect sooner or later with reality. And uh, so you can ask questions about how, uh, uh, of potential voters how that person's ideology is going to play out, uh, for example, in, in uh, terms of policy. And uh, what you find there is that that's where people can make errors. They uh, they may believe that various candidates uh, hold positions uh, that they actually don't hold. Uh, that is, when you get down or break down into how their ideology is going to, um, uh, you know, uh, inform policy or what policies has this candidate for specific concrete policies has this candidate uh, favored. That's one issue. The other issue is one can have a debate about to what extent uh, elections actually reveal 
uh, candidates' ideologies, but that's well beyond my expertise and uh, uh, what I uh, talk uh, what I talk about. But uh, but basically, what I what I do talk about is that uh, people often tend to think that they're much more informed than they really are. And the mystery to us in the laboratory, and what we try to uh, figure out is um, what hides from people the fact that they're um, not as informed as they think they are. What's the veil that prevents them from realizing pockets of incompetence or, or pockets of ignorance? Okay. I mean, are you influenced by the, uh, by the philosophy of uh, social psychologist George Lakoff? Uh, I know of the work, but I wouldn't say that I'm influenced by him. Okay, because I mean he's sort of a modern expositor of of the um, of the Frankfurt School of Social Research, which came up with this idea that um, people who are not on the left are mentally ill, and uh, you know people who are they, they, that uh, some of their classic work in the 1960s indicated that the American middle class is secretly fascist, and you know a lot of stuff that I think is extremely subjective, to put it mildly. Well, uh, I have a different reading of Lakoff. That said, I don't necessarily agree with uh, the bulk of what Lakoff says. <laughs> so uh, I, I wouldn't say that uh, what I do is informed uh, by uh, what he does at all. Oh, okay. I mean, just I did a Google of your name and his, and, and it came up. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, other people uh, might know, take look, ideas and, and do things with them, but that's not me. No, I understand. And I've read a couple of his books, and they're completely – you know, I mean, it's to my opinion, this is um, you know hackneyed um, so, social psychobabble at its worst. Uh, but it's it's more dangerous than that when you decide that an entire group of people are, you know, rather than debate them in the field of ideas, and ideas are not necessarily provable. They're you know instead just sort of try to smear them as as being crazies. Uh, you know, as far as issues of public policy go, I mean, again, that's that's an area where you can have facts and facts are facts, but the, there are questions that can't be answered by facts. You know, we could take a look at foreign policy. Should we go into a country like Iraq or Afghanistan in order to win it, or should we be there to contain it, or should we be there, you know, in lesser sense? I mean, these are questions that there there are no answers to it. It's it's a matter of, uh, you know, persuasion. It's a matter of of of, of examination. I mean, we could look at it in domestic policy inside the United States. Has the welfare system solved poverty? You know, I, I would think a lot of people would say it has not, statistically. I mean, poverty is more than ever. But yet there are people who will insist upon running on that and expanding it. And, so, you know, is that using ability? Is that using rationality? All right, we've got to take a brief break here. My guest is David I'm Gina Jerwitz. I used to be a hairstylist. And my name is John Jerwitz. I used to be an auto mechanic. Nine years ago, we actually called into Andy Willoughby's three-step plan for a home business. And when we started the three-step plan, we started part-time. But within the first year, I decided to go full-time. And then a year later, I went full-time. We really enjoyed the freedom that comes with us. It's given us more time to be with family, and it's given us the ability to be able to do some traveling. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, the three-step plan home business system has been helping people find financial freedom for over 10 years and i think we could help you too what people like best about the three-step plan is you can actually have customers calling you 
You don't have to be a salesperson, and you get to work with nice, family-oriented people. To find out how you could start making more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com. That's 3stepusa.com, or call 800-480-2102, 800-480-2102. Hi, I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. Really? Yeah. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, Call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591. Have you ever had a piece of chocolate cake call you into the kitchen? Has the Dairy Queen sign ever forced your car into the drive through lane? Have you ever had a bag of chips dive off the counter right into your hands? Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, speaking for the ILikeHowILook.com website. Chances are, at some time in your day, you have been and will continue to be the victim of cravings. ILikeHowILook.com website realizes that you can't hide in your closet all day just to avoid snack attacks. That's why they recommend the 10 2 in a chew weight loss system. 10 2 in a Chew offers powerful, natural appetite suppressants to put cravings on the run. To see a video explaining how it works, just go to ilikehowilook.com. They will send you a free sample. Most people notice a difference the very first day. It's much easier to lose weight without those sneaky cravings, so watch the video at ilikehowilook.com. That's ilikehowilook.com. Thousands of Americans are losing weight and feeling better with the 10 Tuna Chew weight loss system from ILikeHowILook.com. Here is U.S. Army Sergeant Dave Myers. Since I started taking the Nuvina, probably, I want to say 60, 65 days ago, I have lost over 12 pounds. I have a long military career, and it has caused some issues with my knees and my ankles over the years, and I have become accustomed to just being in pain with one of those areas. I can only attribute the way I feel to the Nuvina because that's the only thing that's changed in my diet, and I am absolutely pain-free in knees and ankles, and it just feels great to be able to get out and run around and move pain-free again. The Nufina Collagen Protein Shake is part of the 10 2 and a Chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com. Collagen feeds the joints, hair, and skin. This could help you lose weight, feel better, and look younger. Watch the video on ilikehowilook.com and get the full story. They even offer free samples. Go to ilikehowilook.com. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. And my guest is a psychologist, David Dunning. He's a professor of psychology at Cornell University. Uh, David, here it says on your Cornell page, and this is interesting, and I, I would agree with it. I'm, I'm wondering if there's a solution. You say under social psychology, your social psychological work focuses on two related phenomena. First, you're interested in why people tend to have an overly favorable and objectively indefensible view of their own abilities, talents, and moral character. 
For example, a full 94% of college professors state that they do above-average work, although that's statistically impossible for virtually everybody to be above average. You know, this gets into some interesting questions, which is uh, how can we, in a sense, be more oriented as a society toward uh, advancing people based upon merit rather than uh, I'm not sure how psycholo- how uh, these professors got their positions if they are not, you know, if, if they're not above average. We would hope that they would be given given the fact that they're in such important positions as, as college professor. So it, it brings up the question of exactly how is it that they were able to obtain their position if they're not, you know, as good as, as they should be. I mean, certainly they think they're better, but they're not. Well, I mean, the 94% statistic doesn't actually address the issue of whether these are the best qualified people for the job. Really what the statistic says is of the people, let's just stipulate they're the best qualified for the job for sake of argument. Um, they think they're really qualified for the job well well beyond um, what uh, math or logic or statistics can allow. So um, that is, it might be the case that uh, people are filtered into the right professions and still overestimate themselves. Or it could be that people are making choices about what professions they want to get into based on um, mistaken ideas of what they're good at and what they're not good at which might allow a few of them to get into the profession, uh, might allow more mediocre people to get into a profession, or might cause people to waste time while they, uh, for example, don't get that acting job um, or that mm-hmm. don't have that breakout hit record uh, on YouTube uh, that they think their right. their talent uh, makes inevitable. So um, uh, in some sense, I, I think in terms of meritocracy, I, I think the the real question is, um, is there a way to allow people choice, but also to give them the best information possible about uh, what they're good at uh, versus uh, what they may be mistaken about? That is, because we, we do have um, people, for example, who um, do have outsized views of what their prospects are, and, and often I'll have uh, people who are advising people or students who are trying to uh, get jobs, is they, they can't exactly convince the students that they really need to aim um, over here as opposed to over there in terms of where their strengths play. Or the student isn't paying attention to what they really need to do to qualify to be one of those professors, for example. And so the student spends a lot of time in school but ultimately doesn't create uh, the meritocratic uh, credentials that would allow them to be part of the people who later on are going to overestimate themselves. So uh, I, I think that's the issue that that we struggle with. How do you um, uh, how do you address misconceptions people might have uh, about their strengths and their prospects? Well, I guess the question I would have is this: a, is this systemic to the human condition that we would all? overestimate ourselves in certain areas that we want, in a sense we're projecting because we want something to happen? Or is this in some cases, like maybe in the case of college professors, as opposed to people who have to deal with the vicissitudes of the free market and who get knocked down a peg because they realize that once they bring that which they claim to believe or or offer to the public and it doesn't go anywhere, it sort of has a, a sense of equalizing. But yet in some professions... I would say college being one of them. I would say big corporations, you could say the same thing to an extent. People are 
they get ahead either through nepotism or they get ahead because they're on the right side. In a sense, they're, they're, they're advanced because of they're part of a particular culture where a, a, an organization, whether it be a college or a corporation, they want people to fit into that particular way of, of thinking and, and that way of being. So in a sense, they get a false sense of their own self-importance because it's not that they've done something to actually earn their position as much. It's more where they genuflect or who they know. Uh, well, uh, I, I don't know about that, those uh, last set of issues, but I, I can say that uh, people having outsized views of themselves and their accomplishments and uh, their abilities and their prospects of the future, it's a live question whether that's part of the human condition or if it's just um, something more constrained, as you said, uh, to uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know to various sectors. So. Uh, one thing I do know is that um, the general trend toward outside out, well, uh, outside egos is really an American and Western European thing. You won't find this kind of Okay, yeah. we'll be right back. David, i got to take a brief break. Please stay with me. Bye bye. Heard of the KISS system? K I S S. Keep it super simple. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby presenting the Simple 3-Step Plan Home Business System. I really think that the main reason the 3-Step Plan has been able to help so many people build a business working from home is because of its simplicity. If you have a telephone, internet access, and some good old stick to you can make more money working from home. For information, go to 3-STEP-USA or call 800 800- 480-2102. Our turnkey system will give you everything you need to be successful. Many three-step plan members are now in the top 2% of income earners in the nation, and they did it working from home. If you want a better financial future and think you might appreciate the freedom of working from home, we invite you to check out the three-step plan. Go to 3-STEP-USA or call 800-480-2102. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Author, journalist, and American patriot. This is Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much. And my guest is uh, David Dunning. He's a professor of psychology at Cornell University. We're talking about the uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is a means of measuring ability and uh, perhaps uh, the overinflation of belief in ability by some. Uh, David, before the break, you were mentioning that uh, you you feel that there is something more uh, 
of this phenomena that occurs in Western societies than uh, in others. Is that the case? Yeah, that, that's what the data show. That is, it, it may be not uh, specifically what we show in the lab, but if you look at this general tendency toward overestimation, and it does seem to be general. For example, you mentioned professors. Uh, if you go to software firms, for example, in Silicon Valley, you find that 42% of engineers, for example, in one firm think they're in the top 5% of the people uh, in terms of their engineering skills at that, uh, of that firm. It, but, but this seems to be uh, an American or, and a Western European phenomenon. If you go to other countries like Japan or South China, for example, uh, you don't find this general overestimation. Uh, you, you, you don't find much underestimation either. Uh, people seem to um, have a, a much less bias uh, in terms of what they think about themselves relative to what we do on, on this side of the Atlantic or the Pacific. That's very interesting. I mean, uh, perhaps that's uh, it's not a bad thing. I mean, maybe that it's in a sense a byproduct of this uh, – you know, of a dynamic society where we're striving. We're not, you know, in in more traditional societies, people tend to be born into a particular caste and they stay there for their life. I mean, I think that uh, probably Asia, especially, you know, the, the Asian tigers are emerging out of that. But in the West, we have much more of a defined understanding of the individual. It's, uh, it's much more, especially the United States, and perhaps a byproduct of that is an overestimation of ourselves as a means of uh, of moving forward. It's not necessarily a negative thing. Well, I mean, or it, it's a thing. It has both positive and it has right. uh, negative right. consequences associated with it. No, but it is the case that um, uh, uh, we're uh, we're very much an individualist culture, and, and one wants to be worried because every culture is has a lot of nuances to it. But if you take a look at um, uh, United States advertising, for example, or, or you know what we uh, tell one another for advice, it is the case that we rely much more on the individual and pushing West into the frontier, if you will, than, uh, uh, you, than what you'll find in other places in the world where, uh, for example, in Japan, what people are trying to do is they're seeking out their weaknesses to improve so that they can fulfill their role better. And that, that, that's not necessarily a logic I associate with being American. Right. I mean, it is, what, what I hear here from, from your information, from your statistics, is that, uh, that in America we're much more sort of a up-from-the-bootstraps individualism as being a, a great virtue, and that, and that part of that perhaps is a, an overprojection of, of ourselves above and beyond who we are, and that that overprojection in a classic model is tempered by the free market. It's tempered by the Judeo-Christian moral code. You know, in, in other words, our excesses, our ability mm -hmm. to overproject, um, and and in, it, it is tempered by bigger realities that are encapsulated in our our national psyche, our national philosophy, our, our way of life, and so it's sort of presents a balance, but where, where it becomes unbalanced perhaps is in certain situations, as I mentioned before, where someone has been, it's kind of like a protected person. They're, they're advanced through nepotism or they're mm -hmm. advanced through, you know, being on the right side, uh, you know, of the culture in certain settings. And that, by the way, can be conservative as well as liberal. I'm not, I'm not uh, right. singling out liberals here. But, uh, 
you know, so someone gets an artificial sense of their own importance because they haven't had to earn what they are. But even then, ultimately, the free market is going to prevail because someone, uh, uh, an organization that's filled with too many of those people is going to, is going to suffer. All right, so one more break here. We'll be right back there. We've got to be right a Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show, Chuck Morse Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Morse Speaks, people listen. They're taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on-demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Floyd Wilson, who after years of struggling with being overweight, has had his jaws wired shut to force him to eat less. Floyd, how is it going? Uh-huh. It looks like that's uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Certainly I can see how that could help you lose weight, Floyd, but isn't it a bit extreme? Uh-huh. You could have just ordered the 10 2 and a chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com website, and all you would have had to do to lose weight is take a small capsule at 10 a.m., one at 2 p.m., they will curb your appetite and help you burn more calories. Then any time you felt a need for a snack, just eat one of their great-tasting collagen protein candy chews. Mm-hmm. You can learn all about it on ilikehowilook.com. They'll even send you free samples. Floyd, what are you doing with those wire cutters? Shouldn't you let a doctor do that? <coughs> Go to ilikehowilook.com and check out the world's easiest weight loss system. Ask for free samples. That's ilikehowilook.com. Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much. And uh, David Dunning is my guest. He's a professor of psychology at Cornell University. Uh, David, talk a little bit more about your findings, what they show us as a society. I mean, you, you say that uh, you, you talk about the difference, which is actually fascinating, between the United States and our Western society and the rest of the world. Well, yes. I mean, um, 
uh, you mentioned that it, what uh, the free market might do is it might be the uh, force that sorts out those who have an outsized view of uh, what they can do versus uh, 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 those who actually have a better handle on uh, their chances for success. I, I'm, I'm sort of interested, that, that may very well be true, I'm sort of interested in a slightly different world in which uh, people are better informed about what they have to do in order to make, uh, in order to make it, in order to be a success. That is, that is, it is the case that uh, 85, 86 percent of businesses that start uh, usually fail within five years. And you could say that's a winnowing out process of people who have outsized egos. Uh, I'm more interested in what could we have told that 85 or 86 percent, um, and what could they have done differently so that they could be part of uh, an ever-growing 15 percent that are going to make it. And, that, and that's where I fit in, sort of what can we do uh, to try to convince people that um, – what they believe may not necessarily be the case, and they have to change course somewhat in order to match, uh, in in order for the reality to match uh, what they think is going on in their head. Uh, and if I may, just one other lesson uh, that comes from comes from this work, and is is a little bit ironic, because it is about work uh, about people who almost get it but not quite get it, whatever it is. And what's interesting about right. the Dunning Kruger effect is that. Uh, People almost get it often, but they don't exactly get it completely, in that uh, they're very quick to uh, identify and to uh, uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect on other people and to accuse other people of the Dunning-Kruger effect, um, when uh, it, what, what the work was always about was not about other people, it was about us, and how often you know we should give pause and reflect and, and think and be somewhat... Uh, cautious and humble about what we think our opinions are. So it was always uh, a motivator of reflection as opposed to accusation. But, but there are a lot of people out there who are very quick to accuse other people of the Dunning-Kruger effect. And, and that's not exactly right. getting it. Well, we should ask how, well, we asked that, but how do we know whether we have the Dunning-Kruger uh, effect? We'll be right back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and my guest is David Dunning, is a professor of psychology. Uh, David, an important practical question here: How can we, as individuals, determine perhaps aspects of our own? Ego that might be um, overinflated that are having dealing with the, um, as you said, the Dunning Kruger effect, and what can we do about it? 
Well, I think there are a couple of things that we could do. Uh, the first thing that we could do is uh, simply when we're facing a, uh, a decision or, uh, you know, well, we don't know what to do, uh, and it's uh, something important, we're leading toward one decision over another, do think about uh, how we might be wrong. That is, okay, I'm thinking about uh, doing A. Um, how could A possibly be a disaster or be the wrong decision? That is, explicitly think, uh, 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 think that through, how one can be wrong. The second thing we can do is um, use other people as a resource. I mean, do seek feedback. And uh, often I'll tell uh, graduate students uh, here at the university if, that if two people vaguely tell you the same negative thing, do at least consider the possibility that it might be true. Um, but also you can just basically watch how other people handle uh, situations similar to the situations you're handling yourself, and often you'll see uh, 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 different ways and better ways to handle uh, things that you might be handling in your everyday life. So um, uh, it might be unpleasant to think about how you might be wrong, but that's a very useful exercise. And exploiting, if you will, the other people around you and their wisdom is also another useful exercise. Well, I mean, I don't think we're going to find it all that common for people to ever admit that they're wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, it's very difficult, right? I mean, it's that's a tough one right there. But, well, um, but, uh, but I will uh, tell you one culture that's beginning to do it, which is Silicon Valley, which is um, Silicon Valley entrepreneurs will wear their failures on their sleeves. And, in fact, they are now holding mm -hmm. conferences where they compare notes on their failures. So it is possible. And it does turn out to be valuable for those who engage in a little failure um, wallowing, if you will. Well, it's interesting. I mean, speaking of Silicon Valley, I mean, I think it was uh, – I saw an interview with Bill Gates where he said that one of the secrets of his own success was that he tended to hire people who had failed and yes. therefore who had been through something. They had, they had dealt with uh, both success and failure. They knew what it was to fail, to go through that and then to basically reconstruct themselves after having that experience. And, and oftentimes I think that uh, maybe the, the, uh, much of the financial meltdown of the uh, of 1988-89, you had these people who had never failed. Uh, you know, they were graduates of, of colleges. They were out there making decisions about hedge funds and, and uh, mutual funds, and they really didn't know or have any real-life experience. They had never failed before, so everything for them was abstract. There was no reality mixed in. Uh, so uh, that, it's an interesting uh, paradigm to, to suggest that that in and of itself. I mean, it's just part of getting some real-life experience. No, I think that's right. I mean, a life experience sometimes is a very cruel teacher, but it is a teacher. <laughs> and so um, uh, we all go through um, uh, times in our life that we're not our best or we don't come to the best outcome, but uh, there are ways that we can profit from that for the future uh, if we make sure to go through the exercise of thinking through uh, what went wrong there and what was my role in that. Exactly, and I, and I think that, again, I mean, the free market has a tendency to to drive home that point in a way that nothing else can because ultimately you're accountable um, for your own, you, you know, you're exposed when you offer something to the public. Um David, let people know how they can find out more about your work and about you and your writing. Uh, sure. Uh, I have a, uh, a website at Cornell, um, and if you uh, uh, Google
Google Duddied and uh, the term SASI, S-A-S-I, that's for Self and Social Insight, that'll bring you to our, our lab's website, and often what I'll do there is I'll post various links to uh, recent papers or to interviews like this that I might have done uh, in the media. So if you uh, want to catch up or keep up with various facets of the work, uh, that's a very uh, conven- convenient way to do so. Excellent. Well, David Dunning, Professor of Psychology at Cornell, I want to thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, sir. Okay, so that's David Dunning. He's a professor at uh, Cornell University. Um, his theory is the uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Interesting uh, stuff, you know. It's uh, I-, I would caution people to not apply this to politicians necessarily. We want our politicians to be competent, for sure. But uh, I think it's much more interesting to, first of all, look at who they are as characters, what they believe in, uh, what kind of moral and ethical code they represent, uh, and what, what is their political and social philosophy. Because you can have some very competent people out there who aren't going to be good, put it that way. We'll be right back. I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. And again, I want to thank David Dunning. He's a professor of psychology at at Cornell for joining me in the first segment uh, discussing his uh, Dunning-Kruger effect, the research that's gone into that. We've got Aaron Braustein coming up. He's going to be calling in from Israel. He's the founding president of the Jewish Covenant Alliance, the Israel-Africa Friendship Association, uh, his group of the Jewish Covenant Alliance, just to give you a little taste here, the mission statement, um, higher still than being a moral example to the world, a fitting mission for all people, is a struggle against moral relativism. This is the higher rung on Jacob's ladder for fulfillment of the eternal Jewish covenant. So uh, Aaron is and talks about the, the thesis being universal morality, the antithesis being moral relativism, which I think is the ultimate in the dumbing down, if you will. And I want to talk with him a little bit about the controversies that have always swirled uh, both today and back millennia over this idea of the Jewish people as the chosen people, where I think there is this most basic misunderstanding, well-intentioned, but yet very lethal, 
um, in terms of what that means. There's been a lot of conspiracy theories around that, as I've discovered, this idea that the Jew is supposed to conquer the world and this sort of thing, when in fact we were chosen according to Jewish understanding by God at Sinai and before to be a be basically be a priestly sect to serve people, not to rule people, to serve live a higher spiritual life, not to control the world, not to control anyone, not to control any land in the world, except for that tiny little inscrutable swath of land that resides between the Jordan River and the Great Sea. And other than that, there is no ambition to control anything. It's it's a service. It's a light unto the nations. And uh, it's not a matter of being better or worse than anyone else either. We're all saved, according to Judaic understanding, through the, uh, through the Noahide covenant, the covenant with Noah. So we're be getting into some uh, religious questions here and political questions. In hour number two, you'll listen to USA Network. Please stay tuned. Using just 10 pounds, you could reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and arthritis by a whopping 50%. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby from ilikehowilook.com. I have found something that could help you lose 10 to 15 pounds in the next 30 days without starving yourself or exercising to exhaustion. Just go to ilikehowilook.com and watch the short video. ilikehowilook.com uses hydrolyzed collagen protein to help you lose weight and tone up. They also have a thermogenic capsule that could curb your appetite, improve your mood, give you more energy, and the best part is that it burns fat like a blowtorch. I introduced this to some of my friends a few months ago. Within just a couple of weeks, most were losing weight and dropping dress and pant sizes faster than they could buy new clothes. So watch the video at ilikehowilook.com, and maybe soon you'll be saying, I like how I look. Home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. A Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. Hour number two of Chuck Moore Speaks, Monday through Friday, 10 till noon, here at the USA Network. You're welcome to join us, 844 
I'm joined from Israel by Aaron Braustein. He is the uh, founder and uh, chairman of the Jewish Covenant Alliance. Aaron, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Yes, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to speak with you and also to be on your show. Thank you very much. Let's talk a little bit about the mission of the Jewish Covenant Alliance. Who are you and uh, where do you stand? Okay. Well, we're a, a registered association here in Jerusalem, Israel, uh, totally non-sectarian, and it really promotes a Jewish mission to the nations uh, in the sense of uh, identifying regime evil in the world, and we can go into that at some length, and not making excuses for it. What you do about your regime evil becomes a political topic, and... Uh, we try to stick at the educational level with uh, uh, getting people to understand that there really is such a thing as regime evil and not making excuses for it. That's in a nutshell. You uh, obviously being... I I think that given the fact that you're in the the heart of, of Israel, you're in Jerusalem, the the very pinnacle, both both politically and spiritually, of the Jewish people, and as such, given that that the Jews are the, you know, uh, the the chosen people, the spiritual center of the world, um, yes. I think that uh, my my listeners might want to hear a little bit about what's going on right now in Jerusalem, because um, it seems to me that there is a battle going on there, and it's both uh, it's both spiritual and political. Talk a little bit about what's happening. Yeah, surely. Well, it seems like, based on the latest news out today, that Israel is going towards elections. And uh, most of the people in Israel are very upset about that. It's something that costs over a billion uh, uh, shekels, uh, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of millions of dollars, and uh, totally uncalled for, because the issues that have been uh, raised by the opposition and by members of uh, Bibi Netanyahu's own coalition are really uh, uh, off the mark, uh, and uh, it, some people estimate that uh, some of those members of his coalition want to go for elections in order to increase their leverage, increase their votes, and then be uh, kingmakers uh, with or against uh, the uh, Netanyahu party. But uh, the the real issue now that most people realize, both here and in the world, is Iran. And what's going to happen to the security of Israel and the entire world with Iran's lurch for uh, for nuclear weapons capability? The, uh, The situation in Jerusalem itself has quieted down. We've had... uh, uh, the Arab sector of the city has been in, incited to engage in all kinds of demonstrations and murderous attacks against Jews, and that, for the time being, has uh, quieted down. Uh, the uh, Israeli government has put the finger directly on not only Hamas operating out of Gaza, uh, a fanatical Islamist uh, jihad party, uh, but also on the uh, 
Palestinian National Authority, which has been inciting in Arabic. I mean, they always do this in Arabic and not in English. Uh, over the radio and the television, uh, and uh, presenting a crisis atmosphere that gets uh, individual hatheads uh, among the uh, Arabs to engage in various criminal activity. Uh, that's probably in a nutshell. Uh, the uh, you know I look out my window here, and we're in the north part of the city. And there's a straight view over the Dead Sea, directly to across the Jordan Valley, directly to the capital of Amman. And on a clear evening like tonight, you can even see the lights of the suburbs in Amman from from my window. So it's a it's an exciting place to be, and uh, an exciting place uh, from where to bring this uh, Bible-based message to the entire world. A uh, message that's good for all Jews, irrespective of their denomination, for Muslims and for Christians. Uh, my association has uh, close to 5,000 people on its distribution list. We send out news alerts every month or two so as not to overload people. And uh, we're getting out uh, the word to leaders uh media here in Israel and uh, in the States especially, but also to Europe. It's a very, very dangerous time for the world. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you, rep- you represent, Aaron, the most, the, 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 the you know, the, the most essential and the core idea and mission of, of, of the Jewish people, of the children of Israel, um, and, when they received the Torah at Sinai, which was that, uh, that they were to be charged with observing a, a, a an extra layer of moral and ethical uh, standard as to right. serve as a priestly sect for the entire world, and that right. the entire world is saved through the Noahide covenant, but but more but a part of that covenant also, and very clearly delineated at Sinai, was that the uh, the Israelis, the the children of Israel, were to take possession of that tiny and inscrutable swath of land that exists between the Jordan River and the Great Sea, the borders yes. of which are clearly delineated in the book of Deuteronomy, and those borders are exactly where the state of Israel is today. Now, yeah, having said that, you yeah. mentioned that the uh, the Palestinian Authority, which has been now in place for about 20 years, not yeah. only have they incited the, the recent violence that has occurred in Jerusalem, not only are they responsible for the blood that's been shed of innocent Jews, right in the heart of Israel, but they have gained propaganda benefits around the world, and they've sold this idea that somehow they have some kind of a national legitimacy, when in fact they are a subversive element right in the very core of the ancient land of Judea and Samaria. Is their will at this point on the part of the Israeli people with this understanding, and I'm saying both secular and religious, uh, yeah. and leadership, to to go in and, and to go into Ramallah with tanks and destroy the Kaaba, and 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 arrest this 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 rogue uh, bunch of gangsters. Well, I tell you the the issue. You know, when I look at. Uh at uh, the international politics of today, and I really come at it from uh, uh, 
uh, 30 years in the American Foreign Service, uh, where I served uh, mostly in Muslim countries, including five years in Egypt and two years in Tunisia. I look at what's happening today, and I see there is a tremendous effort by fanatic, uh, Islamic fanatics, whether they be of the Shia variety coming out of Iran or the Sunni variety uh, coming now out of parts of uh, Syria and Iraq and with uh, Hamas uh, in Gaza, that nothing really can be done to reach a modus vivendi as long as Iran, the only fanatical sovereign power, um, next to North Korea, I think, two fanatical sovereign powers, one already has nuclear capability and nuclear weapons, and the other, Iran, is reaching for them. And no one in the Middle East is going to go out on a limb in the Arab sector uh, with any kind of compromise when uh, they have these fanatics breathing down their neck. And I like to think of Mahmoud Abbas, the head of the Palestinian Authority, not so much in terms of what he really wants, but what he's capable of delivering on. And right now, he's not capable of delivering on anything because of this threat from the extremists. And Iran has the entire area of, uh, of the land of Israel surrounded on the south by Hamas, and in the north by Hezbollah and Lebanon that are now uh, participating in the Iranian effort against the Assad regime in Syria. So, you know, I like uh, to deal with the practicalities of now. If anybody on the left uh, has any hope of a peace settlement, and it may not even be possible, but if they have any hope of a peace settlement, then they should be the first who should be saying, deal with Iran first and remove this threat, not only from Israel, but from the, from the entire Middle East and from the entire world. There was just an agreement, uh, a decision made to, to continue negotiations for an extra six months and uh, meanwhile, they're enriching slower than they would like to. And the clock remains ticking. And the question is uh, whether leadership in America and in Europe is going to wake up to the Iranian uh, game plan. It's a deception, etc. But to expect anyone, even an angelic filler, uh, uh, leader in Ramallah, to make any kind of compromises on a modus vivendi is really uh, uh, daydreaming. The You know, I, I like to right. tell okay. people out here that the leadership of the Palestinian Arabs have much more respect for their own necks than we have respect for their necks. And that's, uh, that's human nature. But please... Uh, well, I, okay, but... My guest is Aaron Brownstein. He's the founding president of the Jewish Covenant Alliance. He's uh, coming to us from Jerusalem, Israel. Uh, Aaron, I, I don't think when I hear you talk about uh, dealing with the threat of Iran, my thoughts yes. are that, uh, and I don't, I don't know, but I, my thoughts are that this president of the United States, Barack Obama, has no intention 
of stopping the Iranian nuclear development. Europe doesn't seem to have the will to do it either. Uh, no. Can Israel? Can Israel? Does Israel have the wherewithal to take action itself? Well, you know, the current the government government, uh, uh, I feel quite confident confident does have the will, and you know that will is critically important in order to to let the leaders of Europe and the White House in America to realize that they really have to come up with something good in their negotiation with, uh, with Iran. You know, Israel is not invited at the table, but Israel is the most, maybe one of the most important elements uh, shadow-wise, at the table of negotiations with Iran, and everybody in the world has to uh, has to ha- realize and feel that if the West doesn't do anything, Israel will. All right, Aaron, we're going to take a brief break here. Sit tight. We'll be right back. We're joined by Aaron Brownstein from the Jewish Covenant Alliance. We'll be right back. Thousands of Americans are losing weight and feeling better with the 10 Tuna Chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com. Here is U.S. Army Sergeant Dave Myers. Since I started taking the Nuzvina probably, I want to say 60, 65 days ago, I have lost over 12 pounds. I have a long military career, and it has caused some issues with my knees and my ankles over the years, and I have become accustomed to just being in pain with one of those areas. I can only attribute the way I feel to the Nuvina because that's the only thing that's changed in my diet, and I am absolutely pain-free in knees and ankles, and it just feels great to be able to get out and run around and move pain-free again. The Nufina Collagen Protein Shake is part of the 10 2 and a Chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com. Collagen feeds the joints, hair, and skin. This could help you lose weight, feel better, and look younger. Watch the video on ilikehowilook.com and get the full story. They even offer free samples. Go to ilikehowilook.com. Friend, this is Pat Boone with a pretty good idea on how you can earn extra money in your spare time, and while you're doing it, Help provide food for starving children. You heard me. Now you can earn money for your family and provide meals for hungry children all at the same time. Why don't you check out usagoodness.com. Get more information on starting a new home business. You'll feel great earning extra money to help the family budget, but you'll feel even better knowing that your work is actually saving lives. Go to usagoodness.com or... Call toll-free 800-301-6177. Again, 800-301-6177. You can earn some extra money for your family while helping other families in dire need of food and provision. 800-301-6177 or usagoodness.com. And you can tell them Pat Boone gave you the number. Hi, I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe and they just helped every step of the way and I can't thank them enough. 
So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call A Place for Mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. When our daughter Emma was born, we took a look at our credit card debt. It was not a good situation. We had been running up balances for quite some time, and it became a crisis. Finally, my wife Vicki said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752 to talk to a certified counselor. We called them, they contacted all of our creditors, they stopped the collections calls, they got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your bills, stop collections calls, wipe out late fees, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We are now completely debt-free, and we will never be in the spot we were again thanks to trinity if your debt has you down call trinity at 1-800-793-8752 my name is john i'm vicky and i'm emma and, and we're, we're debt free for keeps that's 1-800-793-8752 chuck morse Speaks. Thank you very much, and I'm joined by Aaron Brownstein. He's the founding member, the chairman of the Jewish Covenant Alliance. Aaron Brownstein is a retired U.S. Foreign Service officer living in Jerusalem. He's American-born. He was a graduate of Hebrew University in Jerusalem, the University of Paris, Johns Hopkins University. During a 30-year Foreign Service career, he served 13 years in Muslim countries, and today he is a senior editor of English text for Yad Vashem. Uh, Aaron, you're, we're, we're talking here about the, uh, the you know, present politics. Um, y- your organization also has a spiritual mission. The goals are, yeah. quote, to affirm the primary meaning for chosen peoplehood, exceptionalism, yeah. not superiority. I'd like you to talk a little not- bit about this, because obviously the idea of the Jewish people as the chosen people has been the subject of great misunderstanding both by anti-Semites who conjure up Jewish conspiracy theories of the Jews secretly trying to control the world, but also by well-meaning people, including well-meaning Jews, who yeah. uh, who find it off-putting that that, that they, they view this as somehow a statement that Jewish the Jewish people are somehow superior to someone else, which is completely untrue and which is a complete misrepresentation of the idea. So talk a little Absolutely. bit about what this means, chosen people. Okay. Absolutely. You know, I also use on my website uh, chosen or choosing people. Either one works, but it really goes down to the comes down to the question of exceptionalism. And every nation, every people can aspire to an exceptionalism in one way or another. The Jewish people have proven over 4000 years that our exceptional calling is in terms of religious thought. Uh, and this has affected the entire world uh, through Islam, through Christianity, uh, and through the very uh, activities of the, um, and uh, writings of the Jewish people itself. I give an article, and this really should dispel um, for all time uh, people who complain about chosenness 
but are well-meaning. Of course, the anti-Semites will complain about chosenness, and there's probably no way to get them off of that kick. But for well-meaning people to think of a classroom, and I like to think also as the God of the Hebrew Bible as a teacher. He's continually distributing tests. And at each time that he gives out an exam, and his pupils, his students on earth, don't pass the test, as we none of us did during uh, uh, the 20s and 30s with the rise of Nazism, he doesn't fail the world. He doesn't throw the uh, the uh, the kids out of out of the school and let them become juvenile delinquents. He gives the same test again. He does a remake, and uh, one of the articles on my website deals with this question of exceptionalism. Imagine a schoolroom of kids. One is exceptional in penmanship. We're talking about ten-year-old. One is exceptional in arithmetic. He doesn't even know what math is yet. Another is exceptional in drawing. A third is exceptional in spelling. Or any, and of course there are some kids in the class that aren't exceptional in anything. But a teacher would be interested in helping developing, develop qualities in such individuals or nations that would bring out exceptionalism. Now, are any of these exceptional kids, is any one of these exceptional kids superior to the others? We wouldn't even dream of asking a question like that. The answer would be an absolute no to that question. Because exceptionalism, unlike superiority, in fact, I present on the website that exceptionalism is the, uh, that superiority is the exact antithesis, the opposite of exceptionalism. And the Jewish people have proven, proven right down to this very day that our calling for exceptionalism in, is in terms of religious and spiritual thought. And there are very few people, are go, that doesn't mean there aren't others. That doesn't mean there isn't uh, great spirituality among uh, uh if the uh, uh, Catholics in monasteries and and priests and ministers, of course there is, but in terms of a four thousand year body of thought that has affected the entire world more than any other, it's the Jewish people, and there's no way. And I would address a word to those Jews who have who are uneasy with the thought. You know, there's no way that the Jewish people are going to escape this this calling and this mission. Because however many Jews would deny it, there are hundreds of millions of Christians who will affirm it. So it's out there. Exactly. So, you know? Aaron, we're going to take another break here. Uh, sit tight. We'll be right back. Aaron Bronstein's my guest. Thank you, Aaron. Jewish Covenant Alliance. We'll be right back. And if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just giving me names. Really? Yeah. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now... Very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. 
So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call A Place for Mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591. Friend, this is Pat Boone with a pretty good idea on how you can earn extra money in your spare time, and while you're doing it, help provide food for starving children. You heard me. Now you can earn money for your family and provide meals for hungry children all at the same time. Why don't you check out usagoodness.com. Get more information on starting a new home business. You'll feel great earning extra money to help the family budget, but you'll feel even better knowing that your work is actually saving lives. Go to usagoodness.com or call toll-free 800 301 6177. Again, 800 301 6177. You can earn some extra money for your family while helping other families in dire need of food and provision. 800 301 6177 or usagoodness.com and you can tell them Pat Boone gave you the number. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and my guest is Aaron Brownstein. He's the director of the Jewish Covenant Alliance. He's coming to us from Jerusalem, Israel. Uh, Aaron, I see the mission partially as uh, as one by which uh, God basically at Sinai taught the Jewish people all of the various issues around separations and how to uh, preserve separate individuality, separate nations, and, and as such then how to interact properly with each other as individuals, yeah. in relationships, as nations, and, uh, and, and while maintaining that separateness. And the second piece of it is that God commanded the children of Israel at Sinai to take possession of that tiny little piece of land. So part of yeah. the mission in order to fulfill this worldly mission is to possess that little land between the Jordan River and the sea. So I don't yeah. want to get, yeah, I, I don't mean to get back to the issue, but um, given the fact that, and putting aside the question of Iran and the enemies outside, the fact is that Israel has an enemy on the inside, and that is the Palestinian Authority, uh, which I think is yeah. proven to be an avowed enemy, especially in this most recent horrendous, you know, slaughter of Jews. Uh, would it not be appropriate to abolish that entity, to annex that region formally, which is the heart of ancient Israel, and to offer citizenship to the non-Jewish population there, if they're willing to undergo a process of obtaining that citizenship? And even, dare I suggest, and maybe this is even a radical idea, but I don't think so, after everything that's happened, it suggests that perhaps... The, the Palestinian non-Jewish population, in order to really participate in the mission, that they convert to Judaism? Mm. Well, you know, pa pa let, let me say a, a few things on all of this. <laughs> uh, but first, uh, I want you and your uh, uh, listeners to have the latest news, breaking news out of Jerusalem. The Prime Minister of Israel has just fired his Minister of Finance who was causing all the trouble within the cabinet. So Israel okay. is uh, 
is going definitely for elections, probably in March. Uh, the Minister of Finance, uh, Yair Lapid, his own centrist party, and he has maneuvering against the Prime Minister for months, if not longer. And uh, the Prime Minister has just uh, upped the gun and, uh, and fired him. Uh, so not even letting him resign, which was supposed to come out of a party conclave tomorrow. So I just want you and your listeners, during the break, I heard this uh, breaking news. But let me go back to the, to, to the issue involved. And the, and the idea of chosen people with a special mission uh, in, uh, uh, and the place of uh, uh, the land of Israel and the Palestinians in this equation uh, has to start from the perspective uh, of the restoration of Jewish sovereignty for the first time in 2,000 years. And I must tell you that the impression I have is that most of the world hasn't digested what this means yet. Even half of the Jewish people haven't digested what this means yet. And therefore, uh, I and my board created the Jewish Covenant Alliance to work at the educational election across the board and let people understand that Israel is the herald at the gate. The herald at the gate. The, uh, uh, telling the entire world that maybe not the flood is coming again, but inundation by fire is coming again unless we wake up and start acting accordingly. Now, with regard to how you solve what I've termed over many, many years, quote-unquote, the problem of Palestine, is that uh, there is only one Jewish state in the world. And the question of what kind, and there is already a Palestinian state, but it doesn't have sovereignty. And the issue today... Uh, yeah, take one more quick break here, Aaron. Sorry about that. We'll be right back. Aaron Bronstein's my guest. We'll pick that up right where you left it. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show Chuck Moore Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Moore Speaks, people listen. The taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on-demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. 
And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. The KISS system, K-I-S-S, keep it super simple. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby presenting the simple three-step plan home business system. I really think that the main reason the three-step plan has been able to help so many people build a business working from home is because of its simplicity. If you have a telephone, internet access, and some good old stick to you can make more money working from home. For information, go to 3-Step USA or call 800 800- 480-2102. Our turnkey system will give you everything you need to be successful. Many three-step plan members are now in the top 2% of income earners in the nation, and they did it working from home. If you want a better financial future and think you might appreciate the freedom of working from home, we invite you to check out the three-step plan. Go to 3-Step USA or call 800-480-2102. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thanks so much, Aaron Huckstein is my guest. He is a retired foreign service officer living in Jerusalem, Israel. He's the chairman of the Jewish Covenant Alliance. Uh, Aaron, please continue. Yes, thank you. It's, uh, it's good to be able to continue the thought. I- you know, at the, at the JCA, at the Jewish Covenant Alliance, we like to put the emphasis on the spiritual dimension. There are all kinds of what-if scenarios uh, as to what to do with the Arabs of Palestine, uh, who have a state already. It was uh, It doesn't have sovereignty. It has limited security authority. It's not able to uh, uh, fly planes in and out from Iran uh, with nuclear or devices, uh, or bring in ships uh, with the help of Hamas to to destroy Israel, uh, and good that it's such. But at the same time, uh, there are uh, a few million uh, Palestinian Arabs here, and I think the the real answer to the question. This may be a little bit. Uh, a messianic on my part, end of days, but is really the hearts and minds. Because if you hold up the Quran and quote from it the passages about how uh, the children of Israel were brought by God into the land that he had promised them, and how in the end of days, uh, Allah, by the way, Allah means God in Arabic. Uh, Allah will bring... Uh, uh, the Jews in a huge multitude back to their land from all corners of the earth, which is what happened after the uh, with the creation of Israel. And we should really be speaking to Muslims and to Christians with the Quran in our hand and pointing out all the prophecies that are there. It's uh, amazing how many Jews are not aware of what's in the Quran itself, uh, apart from 
uh, uh, here and there uh, critiques of the Jews, because in the 7th century, the tribes of Arabia were not happy with Muhammad. Uh, you know, what is this? What is the Jewish tribes of Arabia in the 7th century have to do with the world today? Good question. Okay, we got another break here. Aaron, we'll be right back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Author, journalist, and American patriot, this is Chuck Morse Speaks. I'm sorry. Thank you very much, Jewish Covenant Alliance. Sorry about that, Aaron. That's uh, quite all right. You, we're talking about. I'm here with we're talking you. about the. Li- yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're talking about the nature, the limited sovereignty that uh, the Palestinian <laughs> Arabs have in Judea and Samaria, and yet we have a story coming out today that uh, that Muslim Brotherhood uh, people in Jordan are smuggling weaponry into Judea and Samaria. They're, they're, these people are engaged in a war against the Jews. Um, and it's not just against the state of Israel. It's a war against the Jewish people. That's why, yeah. I, I mean, look, I don't think that I'm being radical when I say, especially after the murder of rabbis, including my own Rabbi Twersky here in Boston, I don't think oh. that I'm being too far out by saying that uh, that this has to be stopped. This organization, the Palestinian Authority, they should be crushed. That... Uh, that the Palestinian Arabs of Judea and Samaria should be offered citizenship uh, for the state of Israel, that uh, there's plenty of Palestinian states already in the world. We've got Jordan itself, and, and, and there's much Arab sovereignty around the world. You know, you talk about the, uh, the passages in the Quran which call for Muslims to recognize Israel, and yeah, that's there. In fact, I cover that in my new book about uh, uh, the war against Judaism, which I'm oh, hoping wonder- to get a publisher for. Um, uh, but 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 the Quran also has the most viciously anti-Semitic language uh, in there. I don't know what to do about that. Um, yeah. You know, it calls for the slaughter of the Jews wherever you find them, and and all well, of the rest. Well, you know, that's important and, uh, in Islam. 
Yeah. Now, I was going to say, ahead. it's important in Islam to make a distinction between the the Quran itself and what's known as the Hadith, who are, which are supposedly the sayings of Muhammad after the Quran was uh, compiled. And, and, and almost all of the heavy anti-Semitic phrases are in the Hadith and not in the Quran. And, uh, but, you know, in terms of what is there, the fact that Israel has been restored, the fact that Israel can be victorious, you know, something about winning is lost on the Western mind. In the Middle Eastern mind, one's, one's religion, and I am talking about Islam for the most part, one's religion is vindicated by victory. And, uh, and one of the reasons for uh, it having been necessary during the war in Gaza recently to bring it to conclusion and to defeat the Hamas in Gaza, was that all of a sudden, hundreds of thousands of, uh, uh, of Muslims would start to say, not, you know, if, uh, if force doesn't work, then what you need is more force, but would say, Allah is punishing us. We were defeated. Must be Allah. Allah is punishing us. Why is Allah punishing us? And once that happens, once there is a rethinking in Islamic terms of what uh, the fanatics are proposing. By the way, you mentioned Jordan, uh, uh, the greatest secret ally of, uh, of, of Israel is not the White House, but the Hashemite kingdom of Jordan in Amman, which I see right from my window. The, uh, mm-hmm. They are... Uh, they are as terrified of this Muslim extremism as anybody, maybe even more than the Jews are. Because, you know, Jews tend to sort of rationalize and, and well, maybe they're not so bad, and you don't uh, negotiate with your friends, you negotiate with your enemies. And how many times have we heard this ad nauseum? But a clear victory against Islamic extremism would send a message reverberating throughout the Muslim world. And let's not forget, there are uh, uh, over a billion Muslims in the world. And um, uh, Malaysia and, uh, and uh, all of West Africa where I served, uh, much of West Africa, I should correct myself, and uh, uh, and Pakistan. Pakistan is probably a lost case, but... Uh, uh, in Indonesia and Malaysia, and these countries can come to have a new appreciation of Israel through victory. Well, that's right. That's what we're, that, exactly, and it is a war. There's going to be a winner and a loser. We'll be right back. And caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, Home Advisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And Home Advisor is 
absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much. Uh, Aaron Brownstein's my guest. He is the founding yeah. president of the Jewish Covenant Alliance. Uh, Aaron, we only have a minute or so left here, so I'd like you to take the opportunity to let my listeners know where they can find out more information about you and your Jewish Covenant Alliance. Yes, thank you. Yes, definitely, to go to the website. And it's very simple. It's covenantalliance, one word, dot org. Every listener can remember that. Covenantalliance, one word, dot org. And there are articles there uh, uh, critiquing uh, 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 Christian replacement theology, talking about chosenness as exceptionalism, uh, um, uh, talking about the threat of the Muslim Brotherhood and the need for victory. And I like to say to people, you know, we all started, humanity started with two basic religious principles, the sanctity of human life and universal morality. And when you raise up those two fingers, you get V for victory. And that's what JCC, yes. JCA is all about. We have a newsletter, a news alert that we send out once every month or two. You can subscribe through the website. We need all the support that we can get. We have over, we have close to 5,000 people. Of, uh, of them, about 1,000 are Christian. Among my staunchest supporters are Christian. And and Jews sure. who are waking up, you know. Uh, well, one you know, last I have to say, I I admire your work very much, and uh, let's stay in touch. I mean, I'll have a podcast of this program over to you later today. Um, I, I'd like to do anything I can to help um, disseminate the message uh, far and wide. You know, you're you're involved in both the the political, secular, as well as the spiritual. And, and religious yes. mission of the Jewish people. And uh, yes. that's an mission for all of humanity. It's for all of mankind, that's, that's, and uh, it's a very inspiring you know, message. I have, in, in 10 seconds, I have on my website uh, a saying that all the moral rectitude will not save the sheep from the wolf. Only one thing will save the sheep from the wolf. Gathering around the eternal fire of fire. Thank God. Okay, thank you, Aaron. God bless you, and thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. I shall return tomorrow at 10 a.m. Month left over at the end of the money, then you might want to consider a home based business. On average, a home business household earns nearly twice as much money, and you don't have to fight traffic. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby with the three step plan home business system. Building a home business could help you get out of debt, improve your lifestyle, why, you might even be able to save some money for a change. 
For information, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. There are thousands of people all over the nation using the 3-Step Plan to make money from home. Some are working for just a few extra dollars each month so they don't have to worry about money all the time. Others are building huge businesses that earn thousands upon thousands of dollars and are getting their share of the American dream. To find out how you could make more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. That's 800-480-2102.